I remember I had this huge oversized suit that I don't know where the fuck I bought. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, hell yeah, I'm ready. I go in there and he looked at me and he said, I'm going to give you an advice. He goes, you'll never make it in this business. Oh, man, come on. He goes, your tattoos, your bald, your military. And dude, that shit hit me. I literally accepted his words. Walking out that day, I said, I'm a low life. I fucked up. What example am I? Like, what am I going to give my son? Welcome back to Cashflow, where we talk about turning properties into profits. I'm your host, Jason Yoss. I'm here today with JP Pena. JP, how we doing? What's up, brother? It's great to see you, man. Good to be to in uh, beautiful San Diego. It's beautiful, actually, today. It's getting a little bit cold for my taste, but yes, I thanks so much for coming down, okay? Um, you know, nowadays, I don't even know where you are. Are you in LA? Are you in Orange County? Beautiful Newport? Are you visiting me here in San Diego? But I love it. Glad you're yeah, here. Yeah, for sure, Matt. Uh, I thought we were going to go surfing first. That's... Oh, my God. I got a good story about JP and I <laughs> surfing in uh, Mexico. We'll, but we'll get, we'll get to that one. I just... I want to talk, I just want to put some spotlight on you real quick, okay? Marine, infantry, combat tours, you've done mortgages, done real estate, successful compass agent, like I said, Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, soon, hopefully investing in maybe El Salvador, um, and more importantly, family man. He has twins. Multiples are near and dear to my heart because I have triplets, but... This gentleman has done it all. And not just successful in his own right, he gives back. There's so many young agents transitioning military and service members that you work with, that you've shown the ropes on how to do well. And I want to unpack that all, but I just want to give a, a special thanks and a shout out to you about that stuff. There's nothing better than you helping other service members and the way you give back to our community. So thank you, brother. No, 100%, man, and uh, thank you for having me. I remember uh, when we started this whole journey of you doing videos and you were all against it, and <laughs> you said uh, it just wasn't something you were a fan of yet at the moment, and look at you now, here we are in a dope-ass studio with lights and more better gear than I do, man, look at well, that. Duck base on my phone <laughs> is still not my number one thing, but uh, yes, yeah, I thank you so much for giving me that push to say like, hey, you know, you've been doing this for a while, you need to get out and talk about not just what you're doing in business, but there's a lot of other people learning, and so now today we get to sit down and talk yeah, about kind of how you're doing it, which, I mean, your video content is great, so I, I want to start with, you know, the basics, you know, I want to start with the Marine Corps. Okay, there's almost, there's a million veterans transitioning regularly from a war that we, we spent 20 years at war. And there, a lot of them are focused on business and real estate. Take us through a little bit about your transition process and um, just the basics you're getting out. I know you, and you're finding your way. Yeah, you know what's funny? I was just having this thought um, Saturday after I went shooting with a couple of veterans, right? And I'm coming home. By the way, happy belated Marine Corps birthday. Yeah. 248 years old and I'm still looking good. Looking real good. <laughs> you know, and I'm having this like epiphany, right? And I'm thinking, I'm like, did I really accomplish everything I wanted to do in the military? And it's funny because I always go through this cycle every Veterans Day. Right, right. You know, you get excited. You hear other people's stories and you're like, fuck, could I have done that? Uh, at one point in my life, I wanted to go to the officer's route. I, I mean, truly, that's why I joined the reserves because I had a full scholarship uh, to go to Otis, which is an architectural school. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then do the Marine Corps, play on the weekends and all that. Uh, obviously, September 11 happened. So, you know, that completely changed the plans. 
I took the initial indoc for fourth floor, so I was going to go that route. And then they said, no, go get experience, go to war. So I said, okay, I did that. And then obviously I was in an accident that completely changed my whole uh, military career. So you always go through that mindset of, did I really accomplish at the highest potential? And one thing that I learned, especially now that I'm older and mature and I read a lot, is that we're always figuring out ways to maximize our performance, right. whether it's in life, whether it's in job, whatever you're doing. And that's the one thing that I felt that I came short. But then you look at the upside of that, and you're like, well, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have my family. Right. I wouldn't have my twins. Uh, I wouldn't probably be where I'm at because the reason I got into real estate was because of an accident right. that happened while I was I and I duty in Los Alamitos. Right. And that would have never come through if I would have been there at that place in time during that moment, right? So there's a lot of things that benefited from it, but you always have that what if of what else could I have done, could I achieve, what was my true intent of joining the military. But I will say, man, that for what I did experience, the people that I met, the brotherhood, it's something right. that I think that's Absolutely. really what you end up missing the most. And that's why you right. keep on thinking back and going back to that moment. And it's that sense of you didn't have to worry about nothing else. Right. You know, you got up, even though you hated fucking getting up four in the morning, whatever it was, you yeah. bitch and whine together. Yep. <laughs> you, That's your right, actually, in being the imagery to bitch and whine. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you fucking go through pain together. Right. You know, whatever one person is going through, you're all going to go through. And... That's what makes it so impactful. Then you come out to the real life and you realize that sometimes you're alone on that aspect. Right. You know, sometimes you got to figure shit out by yourself. Right. Um, sometimes you might have some situations and you don't have that brother to fall back to. And right. then now you have responsibilities and all the shit that comes with life. And I think that is the one thing that just kind of makes you miss that whole process and question everything else. I would agree with that. And I just want to, for a lot of people out there, especially what you were saying about, did I reach the full potential? In the military especially, but in life. If you try to step to, step to the left, it goes off to the right. And you're like, oh, you move to the right, it goes on to the left. So for those in the military, like, oh, I, I should have done another combat tour. Or, oh, you know what, I, I should have gone ahead and, and finished the indoc at, at Fort Force and, and gone to some kind of reconnaissance or special ops community. Or, you know what, it would have been great if I was an officer. Being a sergeant is cool, but I want to you know, do more. The thing is, is about every opportunity you try to tackle, you might miss another opportunity Correct. to the other way. So, uh, as you mentioned, having a family and then ultimately getting into real estate and making that transition, it, sometimes we just say it's meant to be. And it's not like, oh, it is what it is. It's more of you continue to set yourself up for success. And so let's talk about that. You're on I&I, &I, you're getting ready to transition and I believe um, your first foray was in mortgage. Let's, let's, let's talk about Yeah, so long story short on that one, I was doing I&I. &I. There's a good friend that I was uh, partying with at the time. He had a family emergency. It was actually pretty bad. There was a family member that was going to pass away, and they didn't want to let him go. So he just left. He says, look, I, there's no way I'm not going to be there for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disappear. And as you know, going UA is, is somewhat of a serious thing. Uh, and so he disappears for a couple months calls me up one day and says, hey, I'm in the front of the base. They don't let me in. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you <laughs> <Right>. know, <laughs> this is not a good thing. And when I show up to the front of the gate to pick him up, he's on the most craziest Lamborghini i ever seen in my life. It looks like a spaceship. Right. And I'm like, dude, what did you do? Who do you rob? What did you, how did yeah. you get this? And he goes, well, I've been doing this thing called loans and I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. So they let him in. We go inside. And I said, what's up? He goes, you help me out straight in this whole UA situation. And then I'll show you what I'm doing and I'll, I'll, I'll make you, I'll help you make more money. Right. And I said, okay. 
you know, made a couple calls. We took care of it. Got them other than honorable discharge. That same week, I went to this mortgage company in the Inland Empire, which was the most craziest. It looked like an exotic <laughs> car dealership. Right. And I walk in. It's like all these young kids on the phone, really good-looking secretary. And she's all like, oh, the person you're looking for is all the way in the end. What year was this? This was 2006. 2006. Yeah. So I'm, like, walking all the way down. Right. Big old, like, doors. I open it, and it's like all these dudes. Some dudes are playing craps on the floor. Wow. There's this dude on the left getting his suit tailored. There's, like, money everywhere. There's sports in every TV there. Right. There's literally a guy getting a lap dance by, like, some girl on the other side. Right. And then my boy's all the way in the corner. He goes, come here. He goes, I just got the dis- I just got this deposit to my bank account. And he shows me his bank account. It's like $122,000. I had never seen $122,000 right. in my life. Right. And I said, bro, you show me how to do that. I will fucking be here. Yeah, and he yeah. goes, you see this stack of papers? All you're going to do is call everybody here, get them to refinance their home, and you get right. paid $1,000 per appointment. Boom. That week, I made $12,000. And that's when I said, okay. I'm in. I'm good. I'm in. I'm good. And since then, man, that's how I got into the loan business. Got it. Now, obviously, 2008 came along. How did that affect, how did that impact your real estate career, and how were you able to rebound and take it from there? Because obviously, you're successful now. Uh, that, my friend, was the fucked up part. <laughs> because nobody tells you that, you know, shit's going to happen, you know, shit's going to go sideways. What's crazy is that um, I was still in the Marine Corps. Right. 2006. I, I didn't get out till September of 2008. And obviously, I just had that short little run because it was towards the end of 2006 when I started doing loans. Right. Uh, then after that, I was only there for like six months because there's a lot of things that I was like, yeah, you know, this yeah. doesn't, you know, I was that one guy that would ask questions. Like, <laughs> if you remember 2006, they used to have these really beautiful reps. They would come and pitch you stuff from Wachovia, right, right. Mac, and, and and it's like they had no idea what they were talking about, but right. they would pitch you incentives. Like, hey, we got this new program, like right. 1% negative AM. For everybody you get here, you get a 6% back-end bonus plus a trip to Vegas this weekend. So they were pushing this to get, like, something that, I mean, cars were being paid. I had right. my truck, uh, my truck payment got paid once because I made, I met the quota of how many files I got in. So it was lucrative, bro. But I was that one guy that would be like, hey, the numbers don't add up for that. If right. somebody's paying negative on an interest rate, what happens to the balance? Like, where does this go? Like, I was that one guy that, I mean, I'm not going to say I was the brightest one ever, <laughs> but at least for that, I was like, and then they would tell me, like, you're asking too many questions. Right. Like, you need to be quiet. Or, like, the rep wouldn't even know how to answer. She's right. like, that's a good question. We'll get back to you type thing. So that's when I said, you know what, just, just something doesn't sit well here. Right. And I left that company to go work uh, for a developer slash financial person that we know of. Right. And uh, I was there for a while. And this is where 2008 started coming yeah, in. When everything started, everything started changing there. That's when uh, things started getting crazy. Right. Um, you know, deals are not going through. At that point, I'm like, I didn't have no more money left. Uh, you know, uh, all the S550s, the <laughs> popping bottles, the all that expensive stuff just completely went out. There. I mean, this is how stupid it was, bro. My boy had a townhome in West Covina. Uh, I had an S550 Lorenzo, very expensive. I had my truck, and we were each cooperating in for a Bentley and a Lamborghini that we were paying. 
three of us. It's stupid. Wow. But everybody lived in a townhome, <laughs> renting a room and paying for extra parking spots so we could showcase the cars in a cars, way right. where the girls would come. They'd be like, wow, you Look know. And now I think about it, my like, oh, the most stupidest thing ever, right? Um, but 2008's coming around, and the crazy thing is my boy calls me. He's the admin chief, and he says, we have a problem. And I said, what's the problem? He says, well, you've been staying on base because I qualified for it at the time, but they filed the wrong paperwork. So he basically says, if you don't get out, the Marine Corps is going to come after you for really all this time that you stayed here. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? He goes, dude, your best option is just to get out. Right. And plus, you're going through a medical board. Like, just use yeah. that and, and get the hell out. So it, it was kind of like my whole life just kind of changed fast. Because in one week, I got to just figure out now what am I going to do? Now I have right. to get out. I can't extend. Although I wanted to, that's, that's not a choice anymore. Um, so I was homeless for like two weeks. Right. I couldn't find a place to live. And then also during that time, uh, my wife, girlfriend then, tells me she's pregnant. And I'm just like, dude, all right, this is crazy now. <laughs> and so I always been one that I'm going to take responsibility. Right. You know, it's what my parents taught me. And, you know, I remember picking her up from her house and, you know, she said, well, we're going to live. And I said, well, I don't have that figured out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, working on that, baby. But I'm working on that. And I think at the time I had one deal closing and it was only going to make me like $5,000, something small. And that was just enough to get me an apartment in Long Beach. So right. those two weeks of being homeless, living in my truck, then my girlfriend was with me. And I remember going to 7-Eleven and stealing uh, cup of noodles. Right. I would steal cup of noodles, Gatorades, whatever I had to do. And so we get this one place. And I'm telling you, man, the one thing I will say, man, is that faith, God has right. always, because nobody wanted to give me a place. My credit was horrible. Yeah. They were just like, it's not going to work. And I said, look, this one lady. And I said, look, I, I'm a vet. Right. I just got out of the Marine Corps. I have no place to go. Yeah. This is all I have. This is all to my name. She said, okay, just give me $1,000. Right. And she got me the place. But throughout the transition, man, there's a lot of stuff that was going on behind the scenes, which is the demons, the the drinking. I was drinking like crazy. Right. Uh, you know, at that point, it just became even worse because I'm like, well, Stressed. shit's going downhill. Yeah, I fucking, what the fuck did I do? I what, got. What did the Marine Corps, what if anything did the Marine Corps help with on anything on a, a transition? Or was Absolutely it just kind of like, bye? Absolutely nothing, man. I, I went to this uh, class. Uh, it was like a two day class where they just gave me a pamphlet and they said, uh, once you get out, go to the VA. I heard it's changed now. Right. I, I don't know if that's the, the time case. Though, the VA what, when right. did you get out? In, I got on like end of 2011, 2012, and the VA wouldn't yeah. give you a call back. back exactly. Over then. See, so, I, yeah. oh, wait, yeah. Now I heard that they're doing a better sure. job at processing out. I hope that's the case. But sure. for me, it was really just like, here's a pamphlet. Yeah. Once you get out, go Absolutely. to the VA, and, you know, they'll take care of you. That didn't happen. So, no help from the Marine Corps. You've done. A lot of loan work, loan officer type work on your own. No one showed you how to do this really. It was just kind of like, here you go, yep. make these calls, make these appointments, close these deals, and now, baby on the way, you've got to make your real estate career work. Is that right? Yeah. And, and what's crazy is that, see, so I've always been one person to kind of just figure shit out. Right. Um, you give me a book, you fucking, now we got YouTube. Back then it was like a book, you go read right, a book, read and <laughs> you figure it out and you right. fucking go that way. So it, it was one of those things where I didn't want to get a job because I had a taste of working for myself yeah. and i'm like there's no way and and i was applying that places i just got my license and i remember a few brokers said 
uh, one specific broker, which, by the way, are we allowed to cuss in this episode? Because <laughs> fuck this guy. Uh, and it was in Long Beach, and I went in there. In fact, it's where I took my real estate classes. Right. And when I walked in there, I remember I walked in all sharp on a suit and everything. And this was the breaking point for me. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened. But remember back then I was drinking, yeah. just fucking depressed. I, I got a kid in the way. I should, I'm sorry, my kid was born already. Oh, my god! My kid was born, and I'm just like, everything's not working. So I take these courses because I didn't have a real estate license yet. Back then you could do loans. Right, you're right, right, right. Yeah, and, and you could work for a corporation and not be licensed because right. you're under the corporate license, right? So now I'm like, okay, I have to get my real estate license. I, I passed the whole course. I go back to this broker where I took the courses, and I'm on my – I remember I had this huge oversized suit that I don't know where the fuck <laughs> I bought. And I'm thinking like, hell yeah, I'm ready. I go in there, and he looked at me, and he said, I'm going to give you an advice. He goes, you'll never make it in this business. Oh, man, come on. He goes, your tattoos, your bald, your military. He's all like, maybe you should consider something like a police officer or be a security guard. Wow. And, dude, that shit hit me. I literally accepted his words. I remember um, walking out that day, and I had an envelope that I had gotten from the VA, and uh, it was sitting in my car. And now I had my sister's two-door Honda Civic. And I remember looking at it. I was like, fuck, I'm a low life. Yeah. I said, I'm a low life. Um I fucked up. What example am I? Like, what am I going to give my son? I had like 20 bucks with me. And I remember I went to Food for Less, got a Bacardi, Coke, fucking started drinking like crazy. Finally opened up the uh, the envelope and it was from the Marine Corps. And it said that I had $100,000 left on my life insurance. And that if I wanted to continue it, I had to make a payment or else it was going to lapse. And that's when I said, fuck it, if I take my life, my kids are going to have $100,000. And so... I drank a lot that day, waited for the kids to go to sleep my, my, with my son and my daughter, uh, my, my son and my wife, brought my gun out, loaded it. I remember to this day I was playing knocking on heaven's door, and I put the gun in my head, and for some reason it didn't go off. Yeah. Pulled the trigger and everything. Oh. And that's when I fucking said, oh, and then my son comes out. And when he came out, that's when I said, all right, I have to change my life. Dude. Right. So from there on, I got a job working at Chevron. And I did that for a year, saved enough money to I could say fuck this shit, and then went real estate full full out. Real estate. What, what was the first brokerage you were with? And tell I'm me, not, a I'm bit. not crying by the way. It's fucking yeah. easy. <laughs> well, look, brother. Obviously, like we've been down the same path, so I love it when you when you share that stuff with me. But there are people out there who, especially from where we're from, they they're thinking the same thing. They got nothing. They didn't get any skills. Marine Corps, I love it. I love you, but it doesn't love you back. Yeah. It doesn't love you back. It, it, a lot of times it doesn't help us. And it probably is doing better now than it would before because a lot of us are getting out. But you, the grace of God, you, you made it a little, you made it out of that situation. Yeah. You, you Talk know, to me how, how it takes off. Like, when did, it, when did it go? Like, what made, what made it so all of a sudden you were putting a couple wins together, a little win, a little bit bigger win? How'd it work? I think you, so, so this is a crazy thing. And this is the one thing I always try to understand. And now that obviously I do a lot of advocating for vets and, and helping vets out. And dude, I've been in many situations where I'm having that talk convincing. Right. Uh, vets not to kill themselves. And, right. and I try to understand, like, there's no formula to really know how you got to that point right. and how to really break from that point because I, I could not honestly tell you I know exactly pinpoint what was it. Yeah. Um, I know that that shit hit me so hard, though, like seeing my son and and hugging him and, you know, I can't explain the feeling, bro, but, dude, I broke down that fucking day and, and I just knew inside of me that something had to change. And then you start getting the doubt. 
like yeah. you bring can this, I do this? Can I yeah do now you're really because think about it in the military like i did very good in the fucking marine corps right. i did really fucking good i went from a guy that was not as confident for because of my upbringing um which had so much potential and i try to like use this with my son now because my dad was very strict and he was very um supportive in his own ways if that right. makes sense like he wouldn't tell you great job he'd just be like you could have done better <laughs> it's supportive for sure but but it, it, he had his reasons and like, a lot of us know that a lot of us had that same kind of yeah upbringing. like pops was like he would tell you when you're wrong and if you did good he, but, eh. yeah it was he, he always felt like you shouldn't fully get praised because then you right. get comfortable right 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 right. and so i didn't get that till later but right. throughout my whole high school and i did very good i mean Dude, I made varsity soccer as a ninth grader. I was fucking full scholarship to play soccer. Like, I was playing semi-pro club. <laughs> but that shit always stayed in the back of my head that you could do better. Right. You could do better. And instead of taking that as a, a win or, like, I could got to step it up, I actually took it like that wasn't good enough. Right. It wasn't good enough. And I had this conversation with him later, and we could talk about that later on. And then it all just made sense. Um, may he rest in peace now. But I, now I get it. But during that time when I went to the Marine Corps, I had this motivation where, like, I have to be better. Somehow it turned. Something turned. Yeah. And I joined the Marines to show them yeah. that I'm I could a I'm I'm a fucking show you this. Yeah, yeah. So I graduated boot camp as the guide, uh, SOI as the guide. Yeah. All my promotions were meritoriously promoted. I fucking, dude, I killed everything I did. I was almost 300 PFT or, like, between 290, 300. Like, dude, I fucking crushed it. Talking about days when we're a little bit uh, more spry. <laughs> then you get to the real world right. and you get hit with this fucking right. train. And then all of a sudden, you don't know what to do. In and the Marine Corps, you knew what to do. You're like, all right, fuck it. My time was off on the running. I got to work on this. Right. Well, my pull-ups were off. Okay, my, my shots were off on this. I got to work on this. Dry right. fire this and that because then I'll know I'll fucking hit this and I'll get expert. Right. Uh, this mission wasn't executed properly. Who the fuck was? Okay, how do we adjust? You get what I'm saying? You right. kind of have a playbook. Yeah. Then you get out to the real life and there's no handbook. There's no fucking there's no handbook. handbook. And, Especially and, in real estate. Like, do you see people making money and you see tons of people not making money what tactics did you use exactly what what did you take or what did you lean on for you to be successful at, in real estate so I, I think the biggest thing was one aligning with the right people right and and what i mean by that is different layers to it because okay. for example you come from a real estate family right see the only real estate i knew was my mom cleaning homes right we never owned a property or anything so i never even had an experience of of that type of money. Right. Like nobody in my family has ever made six figures. And I did that in fucking doing it part time while right. in the Marine right, right, right. Corps. So even going through that stage of how do you handle money right. was a whole different fucking thing for me, right? So I felt that I couldn't ask for help because how was my family gonna help me if they didn't okay. even know the position that I was at? And the people around me that were making that type of money were doing stupid shit, stupid which stuff, I yeah, kinda yeah, already yeah. figured like that's not the route I wanna go. Right. Um and shout out to Mrs. Marianne, rest in peace. She passed away. She was the first one to really kind of like say, okay, like you need to start thinking this way. Right. And she's the one that I did my first VA deal with because she said, you need to help veterans. Like right. veterans will do this. And the only problem there was that I never did nothing. She did everything. She still gave me 50%. <laughs> she just be like, you're going to go out to the property. You're going to do this and that. And I was like, okay, great. But then right. I was like, what was the RPA that they were yeah. talking about? Or like they mentioned something about an appraisal. What was that? And she's like, don't worry about it. I took care of it. So I was like, okay. Like, right. but we all know that's not the way real estate works. Like right. you have to be learning this yeah, stuff. Learn, yeah. And so 
when I when I started working with her, I, I closed that one deal, which started making me money. It was like two hundred fifty thousand, and I said I got to challenge myself. And I realized that with me, I I constantly need to be challenging. Right. If I'm not challenging, I fucking get bored. Because I'll be quite honest, I don't fucking love real estate. I don't. I fucking interesting. I, I don't. I, I think I just became good at it because it was something that was thrown at me, and I just right. became really good. Now. Don't take me wrong. I love the development aspect of it. Right. I love the negotiation aspect. I hate the fucking dealing with, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? People sometimes people are right. Yeah. But the veterans aspect. Oh, you, the veterans. You know how much you, just, I'm going to throw this out here. People know, merging vets and players. Okay, JP, huge in that. Okay, Vera, huge in that. You got me into that. You got me into merging vets and, merging vets and players. Okay, jump 22. I mean, all these things that, and I see all the time posting all the things that you do for veterans. I mean, every time I hear you just say, like, ah, I don't really love real estate, but you love our community. No. You give back to our community. So this is what I do. I love helping vets. Right. So even if it wasn't the real estate aspect, if I could push you just an extra bit more. Right, to do well. I'm fucking, I'm happy. That I love. I love that. I love training. I love helping. Uh, I love problem solving in that aspect. Um, and I cannot fully say I don't truly love real estate. I mean, it's just, I think, like, if I could get up every morning and say that that's my dream job, real estate would not be it. Right. I guarantee right. you that for sure. But everything else about what you're doing is what gets you up in the morning. A hundred percent. Like, you know, I got that this deal in Carlsbad. It's a vet. Like, I love right. that. If I, if I could problem solve to get them the terms that you want, the price that you want, the conditions you want, the best possible money, I'm fucking happy with that. Like, that makes me happy. Um Getting the biggest fucking listing out there, which I have gotten. That does motivate you. It's the, I mean, it's good money, but it's not something right. like I could say. Finding your purpose, finding your why. And again, we come from the same cloth. You found that you love helping vets. You found that it fulfills you by being able to put together a deal for veterans to get them what they need, how they need it, so they can get a little bit farther. That's been your purpose. Is that something that you're telling young people get in the industry? Like, hey, find your why or what are you motivating them with when they come to you? Because I know you host seminars and people come to you. What are you telling them in this situation? They need to start thinking about their exit plan now. That's what I tell them. For, I mean, yes, you do need a niche. Yes, you do need to have a why. But if you don't know what you're going towards, right? then that why means nothing right now. Got it. So with real estate agents, I always say real estate is a great leverage tool. Right. If you leverage real estate great, there's so much stuff you could do. Absolutely. So one of the things that I do with my – I host a workshop called a high-level workshop. It's yeah. like with challenges. I mean, you spoke on it. Uh, I make it very difficult, and I always host it towards the end of the year because it's where agents get your lazy. fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah fourth, fourth quarter. quarter so you right? got to put up, right? But one of the things that they have to do is I have them write, well, if there's one thing that you could do for the rest of your life and get paid for it, what would that be? Right. 99% of the time – None of them come back and say it's real estate. Right, 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 right. That makes a huge amount of sense. It's like, oh, I wanted to be, you know, this, or I wanted to do that. Right. I wanted, great. Well, what if I told you that you could work hard enough in real estate to make enough money where that could become your main thing that's and real estate doing. becomes your passive cash flow? And that's the one thing that I tell most agents. Like, if you don't have an idea, and look, there's some that say, yeah, dude, I want to be a broker. I want to do, yeah, yeah. great, great, amazing. We need good brokers out there, absolutely. A hundred percent. 
But if you're not working towards that exit plan, then you're just going to be miserable because then every fucking deal just becomes a transaction, right. a transaction. This never becomes systematic. It never becomes a true business. And you're going to be that 80-year-old agent getting an award at a Tom Ferry event for still fucking being a top producer. Yeah. And then you realize, fuck, I fucked up. Because this was the same uh, session with Mrs. Marianne, the one that got me in the business. I mean, she was very, very elderly and still having to produce to maintain, right. you know, her lifestyle. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, isn't real estate supposed to be freedom? Isn't it supposed to be like right. cash flow and you have the ability to do all this stuff now? But, dude, if you're 80 and you still got to produce. You still got to go out there and work. You're, you're basically working. Yeah. Do you focus on a niche when you're carving out your exit plan like are you telling young agents like look figure out what it is you like i know you do a lot of multifamily. uh just tell me a little bit about your philosophy and how you help young agents especially transitioning service members create uh, a, an exit plan a focus a strategy a why like tell me how you do that so real estate is quite simple bro real estate it's a numbers game it's just 100 percent numbers and i always tell people this i said look if you could figure out what works for you where you could just duplicate these numbers and have more traffic in more business come in then you'd be great the problem is everybody wants to come in they want the high end like i want luxury i want luxury great they'll go months without producing years some of them i know agents that have been chasing luxury for like three years not even nothing and i'm like if you would at least just done numbers let's just fuck fuck the luxury like what area do you feel that you could convert right now and get you? It could be veterans. It could be just maybe lower cost properties, right? How much money would you have made that you have lost now trying to chase something that who knows how much long it's going to take? And this is where agents complicate things. I, f I feel that they get easily distracted from what we see in Netflix. Absolutely. A million dollar listing, all this stuff. And they feel that real estate is just that easy. It's all glamour. It's all glitz and glamour. Oh, yeah. It's just literally you're at the bar and somebody just walks up to you and says, I want to buy a $35 million house. <laughs> that shit does not happen. Okay. I haven't had that happen yet, but uh, I'm here. You need to find me. Yeah. You know. It does not happen. Right. Like most of those deals are done by relationships. Right. By creating a relationship through a process, by networking, by building, uh, breaking into certain sectors and cycles that right. take time. Right. Unless you're coming from wealthy families, yeah. which the majority of these kids are not, right. like, very, yeah. very tough. So what I tell agents is, yeah, focus on a niche market. Something's going to get you money now, get you paid. Once you start establishing something, and I, I have a number. I, I really think that magic number is 250000 Once you start making 250000 and you have a system in place, now we can start business developing and start looking at different options. Got it. So now my, you can diversify what it 100 is. 100%. Okay, maybe now I want to add commercial in, into my business. Great. But now you have an assistant. You have a buyer's agent. You got help that can maintain your bread and butter. Why you go out there now and try to experiment and see what works for you? Same thing with luxury. Great. I have this bread and butter. It's working for me. It's right. getting the bills paid. Now I could go out there and try to venture into try to get a high enlisting or, right. or try to break into this. But everybody wants to do it the opposite because they want that quick money. You're telling me that if you have a plan, if you make it cold, hard math, do your numbers, work to getting the certain amount of closings to get a gross revenue around 250 then all of a sudden you're in the next tier. Let's diversify the business. That's how basic you make it for these new agents transitioning? Oh, yeah. And if you think about it, it's anybody's business model. Right. I mean, once you hit a certain number, when then you, you think can about it or going. not, that's your business model. Like once you get there, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm here. exactly. But right. nobody wants to do it. People want to shoot up real quick and they think, well, I'm going to just go chase this 80 million. I have this one girl that she was on my uh, workshop 
And I actually stopped working with her because I don't like taking people's money. And I told her, I said, you're just not realistic. Right. She's been trying to chase. She's like, I do not want nothing. I want my first deal to be a $60 million deal, and I'm going to make it happen. What? And she's like, because I believe in the law of attraction. And I'm like, great. <laughs> believe in that all you want. But that is not going to happen anytime soon. And she's been in real estate now three years oh, and hasn't closed a single oh, deal because of that. Thank so it's, it's, it's the reality, though. I think it's, again what they see on TV and they sort of try to translate it and they think, oh, it's the easiest thing. Same thing with flipping. Like everybody right. wants to flip homes now, right? <laughs> and their numbers don't even add up. And yeah, I'm sitting right. there like, wait, how much are you making on this? He's like, well, I thought it was going to be this. Now it's not that. And right. I'm just like, well, again, see, so. It makes a lot of sense. Let me, let's kind of close out with two things. One, you're fabulous at your content and your video. I know we talked a little bit off camera how much you've invested in your own studio, but how important is the content creation uh, when you're explaining to new agents how to get going? That's number one. And number two, with all the social media platforms, you know, is there one specific? Is there a kind of a way to attack that? Let's get your feedback on that. So uh, with the content first, uh, I always tell agents, you got to tell your story. Yeah. This is your show. Right. You know, it's the... Uh, the Jason Yaw show, you know, it's the JP show. Yeah. You have platforms now that you could put so much valuable information out there. It just becomes how you do it, how you execute it, right. and stop trying to copy somebody else's and think it's going to work for you. So one biggest error I see is that they'll see your Instagram, right? They'll see your reels and everything. They'll say, well, I have to do mine exactly like that. And they'll right. copy it from the T. Right. And that's a problem because what works for you might not work for me. It might not work for somebody else. What I tell agents is instead of copying, be inspired by it. And then how can you sort of put that in in a way where it'll be you, your story, the way you portray it, right. and then utilize uh, that model to help you put out better content. So one issue we have right now is everybody's trying to do the whole TikTok thing. Yeah. Look, man, I do some funny stuff, but there's <laughs> absolutely no way that I could get away with some of the stuff that some of these TikTokers are doing. And it wouldn't make sense. And and then that's when I got to look at it and be like, well, that's not the type of content that I want. That's not your story. It, it's not my story. Right. You know, uh, for me, as I like to keep it raw. I like to keep it direct. Uh, if it's going to be real estate related, I try to make it fun in one way, shape or form. Uh, but more than anything, I think my highlight is how I tell stories on properties because it's not the property I'm selling. It's the individuals that were there that I'm selling. Right. What was that experience like? How did right. they care of the property? What's that new buyer going to look like? Right. Yeah. And I think if all agents did that alone, just that alone under, under, under listings or when they're showcasing a house, their business is going to blow up because we're in the business of telling stories. We're advisors. We right. advise somebody on what this home is, what the, the buyer is going to expect, how that lifestyle is going to be, what's in the neighborhood. It's not just about showcasing the sofa, the walls, the windows, the roof right. and say, look, this is it. Come buy it. Or this is it just sold or whatever it is, because that's where everybody posts it. But how do you put the right buyer in that house? And how do you put that vision out there? Now, people always say, oh, well, you must have a five-person camera crew following you around. You must be spending thousands of dollars an hour on this. What's the reality? No, man, it's just me. Me and my son. Uh, you don't need too much stuff. Like, and, and I think John's that, a good photographer. <laughs> and I think that a bunch of the stuff that I have is overkill right. for the average agent. But, man, just your phone alone, yeah. you could do so much. If you got an iPhone, anything 12 and up you'd be surprised at the type of stuff you could shoot. And it all comes down to really just lighting and how do you storytell? Right. And that's an art. Right. And you're selling properties, you should be able to storytell really good. I mean, yeah, right. you, should be a, you, you should be a very good salesman. Uh, and then as far as platforms, you mentioned 
well, I was just at a conference and I think, uh, yeah, I was just at a conference and they brought up social media content and all this stuff. And it was, uh, uh, I think it's Neil Patel is his name. Neil Patel, Danny, uh, Dan Fleshman was there. All right, Dan Fleshman. Uh, yeah, he's very good. Yeah. Facebook is still the number one platform. Right. Believe it or not, I really thought it was more for older people, but. Uh, <laughs> people I guess buying. It's, uh, it was Facebook, then it was TikTok, and then it was Instagram. Got it. So the way that I would separate that is that if you are an agent you should do more formal educational on facebook right uh you could do your fun open house sort of videos if you want to do that on tiktok and then instagram is the tricky one instagram is the one where you could go straight just value great information um but with the algorithm right now it's a bit kind of crazy so you don't want to make it too much like something that because everything's based on keywords now right keywords certain things that they're hitting um but instagram should be your main brand right that's where you're really pushing your brand this is where you think of as as instagram being your hub to all the different outlets and i think that if you could puzzle that out right it it should definitely help you out tremendously And, and then look who cares about the likes the comments the followers at the moment just put it out there just get your content out. put it out there uh there's a lot of people that I remember seeing start off during the pandemic and man, they have blown up insanely. Uh, Neil Dingra is one of my good friends. He did the same thing during pandemic would get on calls and kind of mastermind, except that he really ran with it. And I was like, fuck and dude, the guy's not throwing big events and everything. And all just came out of great information. And this guy started with a phone, one light only, right. and it did not look as great. Amazon it, ring light, phone. Yeah, but it was and just the yeah, value. Yeah. It was the value that he was putting out there that captivated the right audience, and now he has a tribe, right. and that's what you want. Wrapping up, what do you have that's near and dear to your heart that you're working on right now and, and moving forward? My exit plan. Got it. I know we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, I turned 40 this year. And it really hit hard because I was just like, fuck, I'm nowhere. And I'm pretty sure you might say I probably went through the same shit. Uh, I am nowhere near where I want to be. And I realized that I need to start focusing on that. So I gave myself five years till I'm 45. Uh, the goal is not only to have more multifamily investment, but I really want to take off on El Salvador because I, I see a, tre- a tremendous opportunity there. I need to break out into something big with just happening uh, with a big commercial deal. Uh, and I've been a big believer on skin in the game. So for a lot of agents, instead of thinking who's the right investor for this property, you should start thinking, how can I how buy can this? I invest? Yeah, how can I buy this property and put the right team together? Yeah. Because that's one thing that if I would have learned earlier, I feel that right. would have been a game changer. But again, it's faces and it's things that we often, you know, hit hard for us because we think, oh, I should have known or. You know, fuck, I fucked up on that. I let right. go of that. But look, if we never, if we were never taught about it, yeah. if we never experienced, then it's okay. Learn from that and just realize that moving forward, fuck it, now apply it and make right. it happen because that's how you became successful. You thought outside the box and you said, hey, you know what? This might be a risk, but the payoff <laughs> is going to be good. And so many entrepreneurs at your level have achieved that. And I think that for us and not just in civilian life, but veterans that have transitioned out we give ourselves really little credit to what we could achieve knowing that we have huge potential right and once we start tapping into that bro it's on to the races i appreciate you being here i appreciate you giving this kind of feedback and knowledge there's a lot of veterans out here who don't 
think they can do it. They maybe they had it down in the in the military in the Marine Corps, but they don't. They're really worried and nervous about what goes on out here, especially in the real estate investment area. Get a plan together. Get with mentors and get started. That's the best thing that we can we can advise give to you advice wise and for you, JP. Thanks for being here. Thanks for dropping Likewise. that knowledge. And uh, everybody else, thanks for turning into cash flow while we're turning properties into profit. Take care. We'll see you again.